0: You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to com. use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And in somewhat of a surprise, at least in terms of the timing, Will Muschamp is out as South Carolina's football coach. I have some thoughts on that particular transaction. Plus, I have to admit, this isn't something I say a lot or at least enjoy saying, but Rick Pitino might have a point, everybody. So we got to talk a little college basketball In the final segment, but first of all, obviously, we got to pray that Missouri is actually going to play this week, and well, according to Gabe DeArmond's sources over at Power Mizzou, all the players who are out with contact tracing will be back on Saturday, and it does look like, at least as of now, South Carolina and Mizzou are on track to play on Saturday, I don't know about you, I can't handle another Saturday without Mizzou football, so let's all keep our fingers crossed, that's for sure. Now one interesting bit of Mizzou news is that Larry Roundtree has accepted an invitation to the senior bowl. And for all intents and purposes, that Tiger fans means that Larry Roundtree is gone. He is play this will be his final season for Mizzou and honestly good for him. I can't imagine why he would want to play another year for the Tigers, to be honest, because he's got a legit chance to play in the NFL. I, I'm hearing that he could be a second, third-day pick, maybe rounds four through seven, something like that. Who knows? Certainly he's got a shot to get drafted, and certainly he'll get, a, he'll get a chance in training camp next year on somebody's roster. He can break tackles. Now, if he was a guy who, like Tyler Beatty, could really – make stuff happen in the passing game. Maybe he'd be a borderline first, second round draft pick. But I think just the type of runner that he can be on first and second down, I think it might get him to the league. I really do. So good for Larry. And it's totally understandable that he wouldn't, just despite the fact that he would have a chance to break the rushing record next year. Be a bit of a tainted, asterisk heavy record in five seasons, wouldn't it? And honestly... You just can't imagine that a running back would want to put more tread on the tires, as it were. That just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now, I've definitely been an outspoken critic against this sort of free season that 2020 has become. In other words, in theory, again, a guy like Larry Roundtree could have played a fifth season. And anybody who plays this season, you're basically getting this one for free, right? But that got me thinking. You know what, especially at the SEC level and the the Power Five level in general, maybe this isn't going to have as big of an effect as I had maybe imagined. Because, you know, Larry Roundtree, again, a pretty obvious decision. If you have a chance to make the NFL and you have NFL aspirations, by all means, don't hang around for that fifth season. Because at this point, a guy like Roundtree, plenty of tape for the pros to look at. So that sort of makes me wonder what kind of player would come back for an extra season. Would it ta- it would probably take a guy who obviously doesn't have much of a chance at the NFL, but you'd almost have to be a significant player because who wants to just hang around for one more year on the scout team just to to run jingle jangles and and you know, do a bunch of conditioning and and weight room work? with no real shot of having significant action on the field. And the other thing is, how many of these guys actually have realistic assessments of themselves, to be honest? Because how many of the guys who actually play at least significant snaps for Missouri or anybody in the SEC really believes that they have no shot at the NFL? It's probably a lot fewer guys than you would think. So, you know, even just looking at the Missouri roster right now, a guy like, say, Michael Maietti, the transfer from Rutgers, well, in theory, he could play another season for the Tigers next year. But you know what? I bet he thinks he can make the NFL. I bet he thinks that even if he doesn't get drafted, he'll get a shot as an undrafted free agent, and he's probably right. So, what is one more season? Getting one more year older, getting again more just injury risk. What is that going to necessarily do for him? Not much. So, on the other hand, you know, you've got a guy like Adam Sparks. Maybe he's the perfect guy to look at because, again, Sparks, a guy who's a senior, but now has been surpassed on the depth chart by a couple younger players in Ennis Rakestraw and Jarvis Ware. Well, if you're Sparks, you're still going to play. You still have played some snaps this year, but how badly do you want to come back next year? How badly would a guy like Micah Wilson want to come back next year? Again, we're talking about guys who have played at least a little bit, but certainly have no significant chance at playing any type of pro football. How much do they really want to come back? I mean, if I put myself in those guys' shoes, to be honest, as much as great of a time as I had at Mizzou, By the time I was a senior, by my fourth year on campus, a big part of me was ready to leave and ready to get on with the next step in my life, and I bet a lot of these kids are like that. So, again, my point is, I'm just really wondering how many, if any, of these guys are really going to take up the offer on that free extra season. And I do want to talk about South Carolina, Missouri's opponent this Saturday, dismissing Will Muschamp in, in somewhat surprising fashion, but I tell you, I bet those Gamecock fans needed to get in reset button mode after Matt Corral averaged 16 yards per attempt against the Gamecocks, and you know what? No better way to get in to reset mode than with Coors Light. So yes, while in an ideal world, college football is supposed to be therapeutic, it's supposed to be uninterrupted me time and an excuse to chill and drink beer. Well, sometimes it's not always the most therapeutic thing in the world, but regardless, Coors Light is the beer that's literally made to chill. So it's perfect for any type of chilling moment, whether it's in a win or a loss. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Well, a shout out to Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels once again for clearly being, well, not the best team in the SEC by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly the most entertaining team in the SEC week in and week out. I'm telling you, I think I've watched as many Ole Miss games at this point because of cancellations as I have Missouri games, just because, well, their games happen to be close and wildly entertaining, seemingly, every single week. Again, Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral averaged 16 yards per attempt this past Saturday, my goodness. Now, if you average 9 or 10 in an attempt, that's a really excellent number. So 16 is borderline insanity and borderline unprecedented to be honest. I don't really ever remember seeing that kind of number in the box score, but I'll tell you the thing about Will Muschamp is this. He's always been the type of head coach that that I'm not that big of a fan of. Just he seems to want to play again what I would call Herm Edwards ball that I've called that I've called it before. Now the Herm Edwards thing I think actually is is probably going to work out okay at Arizona State. I think his style and just his personality in general actually works very well at the college level. But as a Kansas City Chiefs fan it seemed like every single week Herm Edwards was determined to win the football game by taking as few chances as humanly possible, and for some reason, there was just something about there was just something about watching Herm run it on first down and second down and then punt almost certainly, and then watch his defense you know we wouldn 't turn the ball over we 'd hang in there defensively, blah 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 blah. The point is, they played solid but unspectacular and boring football that ultimately wasn't going to win you anything big. And that is kind of how I felt, ultimately, with Will Muschamp. And frankly, if that South Carolina defense is going to struggle to that extent, well, then I guess I, I can't be too surprised that they got rid of Muschamp. Now, I guess the timing of it is the surprising part. Not only that it's this season, obviously, a $15 million buyout somewhere in that neighborhood has been reported that somebody for South Carolina is going to have to pay out. Man, the pandemic, be damned. You thought people's bank accounts were squeezed and that kind of deal? Well, apparently some booster out there in the Columbia East has some money to burn. $15 million. Not Not afraid to pay that just to get Will Muschamp to go away in the middle of the season, no less. But you know what? Despite my personal bias against Will Muschamp, I must admit it, my initial reaction was a little bit of surprise and thinking, boy, South Carolina, you might want to realize who you are for a second. Because, boy, before Lou Holtz arrived in the year 2000, there wasn't a lot to write home about as a South Carolina fan. In fact, would you believe that before Holtz, again, showed up at the new millennium, that South Carolina had won one bowl game in its history. Yes, exactly one bowl game in that in the twentieth century. That's pretty incredible, right? And also, similar to, similarly to Missouri, its last conference championship came in the nineteen sixty nine season when the Gamecocks won the ACC. Yes, that's right, kids. The Gamecocks were once in the ACC and they were actually independent for. Uh, almost a couple decades there, right before before joining the SEC, circa 1992-1994 1994 or something like that. Now South Carolina had some moments, including the nineteen eighty four Black Magic year, where they were a top fifteen squad, and you know the they, in nineteen eighty George Rogers, running back for the for the Cox, actually won the Heisman Trophy, famously over Herschel Walker. So they had some moments, but overall. Not exactly an elite program by any stretch of the imagination. But then Lou Holtz shows up and after, well, an 0-11 start, he turned it around and sort of laid a somewhat solid foundation for them to ultimately swoop in and get Steve Spurrier after he failed with the Washington Redskins. And obviously we know Spurrier did really, really well with South Carolina, including The 2010 SEC East crown, a victory over Nick Saban in Alabama, some notable bowl victories, all that good stuff. Really just an excellent tenure by Spurrier, and and by far the best tenure in South Carolina history, which included, and this really gives you an idea of how things can change quickly, from 2009 to 2013, Spurrier and the Gamecocks beat Clemson five straight years. Spurrier six and four against the arch rival Tigers overall. So that just shows you maybe by by 2015 when Spurrier headed on out of here, he, he saw the writing on the wall with Dabo Sweeney. Who knows? So just interesting again. In seven years, I think South Carolina thought they had the best of Clemson. Well, not so much anymore. So if Lou Holtz and certainly Steve Spurrier, had two of the best tenures in South Carolina history. Certainly this century, their expectations are raised, and they should be. You know, 20 years is a long time now. That's what kids are aware of. They don't really care about, frankly, anything before the last five seconds, much less things that happened in the 20th century. So if you're South Carolina, maybe you shoot for another Lou Holtz Steve Spurrier type, somebody who's one big with a blue blood program that may be out of the game for now. Perhaps somebody like Bob Stoops. I don't know. Bob, we most recently saw him in the XFL. Is it time for him to dip his toe back into the college waters? I don't know. That would be an interesting landing spot. That's total speculation on my part. Just something to keep in mind. I don't see Urban Meyer going there. Let's put it that way. But Bob Stoops, I don't know. For some reason, I'm giving that a non-zero chance. But speaking of non-zero chances, it seems like there's a non-zero chance that the NCAA tournament might get delayed. I don't know. We'll see what Rick Pitino has to say after this quick break, and I'll have my say as well. But first, I gotta tell you a little bit more about our title sponsor, and that's Built Bar. Yes, the incredibly tasty and healthy Built Bars are even more delicious than before with six new flavors, including cookies and cream and caramel brownie. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These bars are low cal, low sugar. High protein, high in fiber, and a nice treat alternative for those of you in that keto diet. So go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on. That's one word locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Well, current Iona basketball coach Rick Patino, who you might remember from various other parts of basketball history, including a rather interesting restaurant experience in Louisville, allegedly. But no, in all seriousness, obviously Rick Pitino, one of the great coaches of all time in terms of, of wins, and his, his voice carries a lot of weight. And Well, he tweeted out recently, Save the season. Move the start back. Play league schedule and have May madness. Spiking and protocols make it impossible to play right now. And again, I hate to say it, I think Rick Pitino might not have the worst idea I've ever heard there. First of all, the league-only schedule thing, it seems to have worked out okay for college football so far. Maybe not the worst idea for college basketball, too. I can certainly see doing that. It's sort of mind-boggling that it took college basketball and, well, the Southeastern Conference and everybody, seemed like it took them forever to get on the same page. And once they finally released a schedule, it seemed like, well, this is basically the same schedule we were always going to have, with a few exceptions, obviously. But I also agree that just in terms of the virus, this may not be the greatest time to start because... Well, you know, the thing with cases is that's a tough one to have context with. But certainly we've seen in Boone County that hospitalization rates are going up. So, you know, maybe, again, maybe just not the best time to start. Maybe if we delay it by a month or two, you give you give college basketball a little bit more time to figure things out. Because, frankly, in the idea of May Madness, well, whether it's March Madness or April Madness, or may madness whatever madness it is we better have some kind of madness this spring or else the NCAA is in deep trouble now some of us might be applauding that going great awesome well i just think the reality is is they're going to tr- they're obviously going to try to preserve themselves and that television money that is a massive massive chunk of change that basically as far as i can tell keeps the entire organization afloat And also, just as a side benefit, we saw what kind of ratings professional basketball did went up against professional football this past season, and it was bad. The NBA's ratings were way, way, way down. Now, obviously there are other factors perhaps at play there. We can argue all day and night about why the ratings were down, but certainly competing with football head-to-head was not good for the NBA. Football's always going to win over basketball. So with that said, and with the SEC season and probably some other Power 5 conferences looking like they're going to run through at least December 19th, again, just pushing back college football to where it doesn't have to compete with college football, not the worst thing in the world. It really isn't. Now, Patino's reference to protocols, as far as the actual contact tracing protocols, yeah, that's going to be really difficult because if one guy tests positive on the team, well, essentially they've all been in contact, right? It's not like football where you can divide guys. You can basically keep the offensive line separate from the from the, you know, the cornerback room or, or the defensive backs, whatever it might be. But as far as a basketball team goes, you're all running into each other, you're all setting screens against each other, you know, sweats <laughs> flying off of each other's heads, into each other's faces, and, and yada, yada, yada. So that point is, is well taken by Rick Patino there. But the good news is, right now Missouri, for instance, is scheduled to play 27 basketball games. Well, in order to be eligible for the NCAA tournament, they actually only have to play 13. So that's obviously a little bit less than half. So that particular protocol, as far as being tournament eligible, at least that's not quite as strenuous as it could have been because, well, frankly, the SEC didn't build in a lot of open dates to make up for anything. And finally, the Tigers do only have one game scheduled between December 12th, the Illinois game, and the start of conference play on December 30th so you got you know a two and a half week period there where Missouri certainly could add maybe a local game or two has been the discussion probably again a team that's fairly fairly close maybe in state even who that opponent is going to be obviously pure speculation at this point but with all that being said I keep promising that I'm going to try to avoid talking about COVID-19 as much as possible on this show. But you know what? It just keeps getting sucked into the sports world. It's almost impossible to separate the two at this point. It really is. So forgive me, forgive me. But anyway, until, until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.